Saying unto me, fear not, I am the first and the last. The apostle John is exiled on the Isle of Patmos, that little rock island out in the middle of the sea. He is being punished for a crime. His crime is he is a real believing, if you let me say it this way, old time yeah. Bible Christian. Amen. He is a vocal witness and servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. He has been pulled from his home and exiled on this little island. And you must remember that John has been left out there all alone. Tell it. He has been abandoned. And he's not the young man that laid his head on the Lord Jesus' chest. Right. He is an old man now. He's aged. He's up in years. Right. These may be the darkest. This may be the depressing. Right. This may be the dullest days of John's life. Yep. I'm glad out there on that island, abandoned and all by Tell it, preacher. Verse number 10 says uh, that he was still in tune yes, with God. Yeah. He was in the Spirit yes. on the Lord's day. Amen. He was thrown in the town. He hadn't thrown up his hands and quit. Yeah. Amen. How bad it was. He is still in the Spirit yes. on the Lord's day. Not Amen. only do I see that he's in tune with God, but I see a truth from God. Yeah. The Bible said that I heard a voice behind me. Oh, yes. Now, the truth is, why did uh, the Lord come up behind him? Yeah. Why didn't he just walk up in front of him? But the Lord came up behind him. Oh. If you're a former military man like me, if you've been in law enforcement, a police officer like oh, me, sure. the truth is that the Lord Jesus was telling John, I've got you six. Yeah. You don't know what that means. Yeah. He's letting John know that no matter how dark it is, no matter how dark yeah. Not only do we see the tune with God and the truth with God, but we see the turn in verse 12 to God. He said, I heard a voice behind me. Watch your Bible. Verse 12. He said, I turned to see the voice. Wow. He didn't say I turned to see him. He said, I turned to see the voice. Well, wait a minute now. That's a misprint. Because John couldn't be turning to see a voice. Well, Genesis chapter 3 said that the voice of the Lord uh, came walking in the cool That's right. of the day. That's right. I'm not exactly sure that John thought that what he saw when he turned was going to be standing there when he turned. Yeah. But he turned, uh, and there Jesus was, not as a lamb slain, uh, not with spit on him and scar, a blood running down and a crown of thorns, uh, not being mocked and ridiculed, but shining forth in the glory of God, yep. standing robed up as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Uh, and there was John. He turned. Could you imagine? I don't think he expected him to be there. But yeah. he turned and there he was. And it brings us to our text. John said in verse 17, when I saw him. Let me tell you this. When you hear the voice of God, always turn toward the voice of God. Always look for the voice of God. John said, when I saw him. 
Yeah. There's the phrase in verse 17 that tells me that everything is about to change. It tells me that business is about to pick up. Yep. It tells me in a more modern vernacular, more modern vernacular, it's about to get real. Yeah. Up in here. Yeah. For a few minutes tonight, I'm going to preach on that thought. It's about to get real up in here. John said, uh, when I saw him, it, preacher. watch what happened. Everything's going to change. Everything's going to get real. Remember where he is. Remember what he's going through. He said, when I saw him, I, I fell at his feet yeah. as dead. Yep. What he's saying. The first thing that's getting real up in here is a real revelation. We want a revelation from God. Here it is. Yeah. John said, I turned, I saw him. Watch your Bible. He said, I fell at his feet. It is a revelation of the importance of Jesus. He didn't say, I passed out. I had a heart attack and died. I, I swooned. He didn't just say, I fell over, but he fell at his feet. Right. A position of reverence. A position of humility. Right. John saw him and realized how important Jesus really is. Yes. Oh God, help us yes. And in the days of this week, preacher. turn toward the voice of God and see him yes. for who he really is. And may we fall at his feet because yes. it's not about you. Yes. It's not about yes, me. Sir. But it's all about him. He is the He said, when I saw him, I fell at his feet. Yes. Because he's the important one. Right. As yeah. dead. Yeah. Now, he didn't say that, but he fell down like a dead man. Right. He's laying there in front of Jesus at his feet as a dead man. It not only reveals the importance of Jesus, but it reveals the insignificance of John. Yes. Wow. As dead. Now, you may disagree with me. But if I was to ask you, what can a dead man do? I'm going to go as far as say nothing. Yeah. I mean, he can lay there. He can corrupt. He can eventually stink. He can decay, but he can't do anything. See, Jesus can do a whole lot from his position for John, but John can't do anything for Christ. He can't move. He can't speak. He can't stand up. He can't add anything to Jesus. He can do nothing. He realizes it is revealed to him that Jesus of the utmost importance and I am insignificant. One of the things that hold us back as children of God Come on, is we've got sideways and we think that it's about us and it focus on us but the focus here is not on John. He's laying down like a dead man. He's motionless and speechless and helpless. And he can do nothing. And it hadn't changed Jesus a bit. It hadn't affected Jesus a bit. He's still standing where he was when John saw him. He's still clothed as he was when John saw him. Yep. And there's John. John figured out, realizes that he is not just a zero, but he is a zero with the rim knocked off. He is nothing. He is no. And without Jesus, this is it. Yep. Yep. He's nothing. What a revelation. Amen. Amen. Not only is it going to get real in here because of the revelation, as we move through the verse, we'll see that it's going to get real up in here because there'll be real revival. Mm. Watch your Bible. He said, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid 
his right hand upon me. Yep. <laughs> Here comes real revival. The Lord touches. Yep. Now watch this. Watch your Bible. The Bible said he laid. This is a particular touch. See, it is not the touch that the angel did when he smote Peter on the side and woke him up in the prison. It is not the snatch uh, Jesus did when Peter was sinking and going under, beginning to sink, and the Lord saved him. It is not the same touch when he reached out and took the little girl by the hand and lifted her up. But the Bible said that he laid his hand upon me. Get the picture now. John turned to one of the boys, saw him, fell at his feet, he's dead, he's helpless, there's nothing he can do. And Jesus laid his hand upon him, laid it, yeah. laid it down on him. Let me tell you what the Lord had to do to lay his hand on him. The Lord, high and exalted, lifted up. Tell it. Tell it. Shining in all his godliness. Yes. And he gets all the way down where John is. Preacher, you just don't know how low I am. Come on, preacher. You maybe about to get right where you can find revival. Yeah. yeah. What about that? But when you get down there, it's deep. You lay down at his feet. Tell it, preacher. You realize who he is. Tell it, preacher. He'll come down where you are. Because yeah. John will lay there until his body rots. Yes, sir. If Jesus doesn't do something. Amen. And the church is floundering like a fish out of water because some of us still think it's about me and I can't. Come on. God help us. Come on. Let me just go ahead and I try to cut you just a little bit so you know I'm an independent Baptist. We just quote this verse. We'll say I must decrease and he must increase. That's not what he the Bible says. John said that he must, he must increase. It always starts with him. Yes. And we must decrease. Well, how do I make him increase? Turn toward his voice. Get a look at him. Yes. And you'll get smaller and smaller. And the smaller you get in your life, the bigger he'll get in your life. The lower you go, the higher Tell he it, gets. Richard. The more you need, the more he gives. Yes. The Bible, the right side, the right hand, always a picture of power. And you have to look over me. I wouldn't, I'm not a prophet nor a prophet's son. I wasn't raised by a preacher. I wasn't raised by a deacon. I wasn't even raised by a saved man. My daddy was an old time 
head busted, backside kicking, hard nose, mean as a rattlesnake, hated everybody. Old time, the kind they want to defund man. Police officer. Yeah. 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 He said that if a man, I mean, this is what my daddy said, if you talk to a man can't get his attention, punch him right in the mouth. <laughs> You'll have his undivided attention. That's real spiritual. The Bible said if your enemy hunger, feed him. My daddy said if he's hungry, get a T-bone with all the trimming. Sit down in front of him and let it hang out your mouth and slobber and laugh at him while he starts to death. I mean, rough. Rough. My daddy used to say, if you're in trouble, take your power hand and put it right on the end of his nose. And I thought about when he laid that right hand on John. Uh, I'm going to tell you about that hand. Tell it, preacher. Hand, uh, that he had walked out on nothing and meted out the water yep. in the hollow of that hand. With that same hand, he put all them stars and moons and galaxies and Milky Ways. You know what a span is with the span? That means the outstretching of the fingers. God did like that. And all them moons and stars and galaxies started turning. That same hand that reached down to Egypt preacher. and got his people Israel, he said he brought them out with a stretched out arm and a mighty hand. Yep. That hand that sucked that cancer out of you. That hand that defeated your enemy. That hand that has knocked the devil out of your life. That hand that came down there where you were and reached way down. laying his hand on him. He's not just saying it'll be alright, but he is infusing, if he will. He is delivering to him divine power in his life. Oh God, touch us tonight. Yes. Would you right? Amen. It's a particular touch. It is a powerful touch. It's a personal touch. John said he laid his right hand on me. Mm. Maybe some of you here said, boy, I wish my sister was here. Yep. My brother's here. They really need to hear that. Yep. But John said it's not my brother. Nor my sister. But it's me on Yep. Yes. I need it. We need to get back to knowing that we're the ones. Yeah. That need it. See, God's a personal God. Yes. He saved me personally. Yes. I sat in six feet back on the preacher's right hand side. I went to church that morning. Didn't have God on my mind. Yes. Didn't have a now my mama drugged me. My mama gave me drug disease. Yeah. From the time she was expecting me. She drugged me to Sunday school, preaching. You young folk have to ask somebody about this. Training you Sunday night, Wednesday night Bible study, Friday night prayer meeting. I can't even sing. She might go to choir practice. If the janitor had the door open back in and out, she'd stop make me run in and see if they need any help. My mama would think when the doors is open, you're supposed to be there. But I went that morning and went looking for God. We was meeting with half our family, go to a family reunion, eat fried chicken, watermelon, banana pudding, play pickup baseball. All I was waiting on was the benediction. And uh, amen. My preacher used to say, shake hands and be friendly. I was waiting on shake hands and be friendly. He is about an hour into his message. Back then, that's about halfway through. Yeah. 45 minutes anyway. Yeah. On a Sunday morning. Yeah. 
He's about 45 minutes here. We had the center aisle. He's down the center aisle about three quarters away, standing up in the pew, hair hanging down his face, spit flying everywhere, sweat jumping off of him, roaring like a lion voice, like a trumpet. He is preaching like a wild man. I ain't heard a word he said. Hadn't cared about nothing. I hadn't heard shake hands and be friendly. That's all I was listening for. And out of nowhere, Tell it, all the people on the planet that morning, Tell it, preacher. all the people in the church that that day, the Holy Ghost, I sat in the middle of that sixth pew. The Holy Ghost stepped right up in the middle of that sixth pew, pulled the blinders off my eyes, and I saw I was a sinner. I was raised on a meal hill on the poor white trash side of town, the wrong side of the track. Yeah. I knew I was a sinner, but I didn't know I was one like that. I'd heard all my life about Jesus dying on the cross, but that day I saw him. And when yep. I saw him, yep. I, they didn't sing 16 stanzas. That's exactly right. Nobody had to get me to lift my hand. Nobody looked down there and said, God's dealing with you. Would you like to come? It's personal. Hallelujah. Yeah. Himself came by. And then nobody said, well, you ought to come to the altar. Please come. Would you come? No. My man of God was still preaching. I popped up like a jack in the box. Kick pocketbooks out of the way. Stepped over legs and grabbing at me. What are you doing? I made my way in old fashioned altar. Yes. Now listen. This won't go in this new ecumenical recovering fundamentalist. Tell it. Mix it all together. Tell it. all tastes yes. good. Christianity. Tell it. But I knelt that morning in repentance yes. and faith yes. and got birth into the family. Yes. Didn't nobody come down and take me up no Romans Road? Yep. I didn't go through no Philippian jail. I didn't go up on Ephesian Highway. Come on. Did you pray the sinner's prayer? I didn't know a sinner had a prayer. Come on. I can't still have all it in all He came looking for me and found me and let me find him. Didn't nobody tell me I saved? Yeah. I jumped up and ruined a good sermon that morning. Yeah. I hollered, preacher, he saved me. Yeah. Pastor Jesus saved me. He saved me. And for 37 years, I've been running all over this country telling everybody, Jesus saved me. Jesus saved me. It is a personal relationship. Yes. It was a personal touch. It was a personal call. Amen. Amen. It was personal. Thank the Lord. We need to get back to seeking God person. Yes. Wanting God person. Yes. Because God deals with us. Yes. Personally. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. It's real because it's a real revelation. It's real because it's real revival. I give you this and I'm finished. It's about to get real up in here. Because it was real rest. Mm-hmm. Now look what he said. He not only talked, touched John, but he talked to him. Yes. Right. He said that he put his lady's right hand upon me. Say, yes. thank God. I'm glad that God, as big as he is, as important as he is, takes time to talk with me. Yes, sir. Amen. He said, fear not. John hadn't said a thing. John hadn't made a complaint. He's laying there as a dead man. The Lord stooped down, laid his right hand upon him, knew everything about John. Yes. Does he know where John is? You better believe it. Yes, knows. sir. He knows what John's feeling. Yeah, he knows what John's thinking. John might have been thinking, no man can look on God. And Philip 
He said, fear not. Yeah. I'll never be able to work. I'm an old man. I'll never be able to make anything grow, honey, anything, find anything to eat. I'll starve out here all by myself. Jesus said, fear not. I don't know if I can get any from fresh water. Fear not. I don't know if I'll ever get back to Ephesus. I don't know if I ever get back to the church. Jesus said, fear not. When you hear the words of the Lord saying, fear not, you can rest in Him. Amen. Yeah, man. John, no matter what's going on, just calm down. Yes, sir. Now, I'm trying to get out of Brother Derek's way. I'm going to tell this story right quick. When I was about 14 years old, I went out for the junior high basketball team. Y'all call it middle school. I made the team. We was conference champions that year. Not because of me. I was, wasn't that great a player. And uh, one February, we was practicing for the conference championship. Cold. I'm talking about cold February. It's icicles hanging off the building. Wasn't a drop of water falling off them. Cold. Froze. <laughs> we was going to do one-on-one -on -one drills, 15 of us on the team. We drew straws. I drew the short straw. So he's working the one-on-one -on -one drills on the main goal. They put me on the side goal. I could stand at the free throw line and hit them all day long. But I couldn't shoot moving. Any basketball players in here? I couldn't shoot moving. And I couldn't dribble too good without looking at the ball. So he said, work on your dribbling. I was over there on my moving and shooting. And, and this big fella come up. I found that lady 22 years old. Big muscled up fella. He said, listen, I see you working. They're working in drills. I'll work with you. Well, what actually happened was the one-on-one game broke out. Yeah. Now, when I played basketball, it was a contact sport. We stepped on your foot. We kneed you in the thigh. We bumped you with a hip. We elbowed you. We hooked you. We turned you, pulled your shirt, tried to trip you down. I mean, and he was a contact and he pretty good, if you know what I'm saying. And uh, he was schooling me. And he was a dribbling. And he had, now, please forgive me. This is just our old lingo from back in the day. He had this shuck and jive crossover drill. Well, I finally figured it out. He went and shuck and jive, and I reached in there and knocked the ball away from him. And it rolled out there where they were practicing, uh, doing the one-on-one -on -one drill. And I picked it up, and here he come, leaping. I shot it right over his fingertip. It went up high, about as high as the gymnasium roof. It came down, hit nothing but the bottom of the net. The whole gym went, ooh! <laughs> yeah. Now, that ought to have been enough. But my daddy said that my mouth was born and the rest of me grew up around it. And I said something smart to him. Now all these years later, I really don't remember exactly what I said, but whatever I said, it didn't sit too well with him because he ran back and slapped the taste out of my mouth. Now I know what you just saw, preacher. He didn't slap the taste out of my mouth. All I can tell you, you ain't never been slapped hard as he slapped me. You could have brought the CSI unit down there and took his hand print, palm print, <laughs> off the side of my face. My parents had just divorced. I was a man of the house, only son, oldest child, and I did what a 14-year-old man of the house does when a big old 22-year-old man slapped taste out of his mouth. I ran into the office and picked up the phone and called the police department to get my dick. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I heard her talking to him, and it went all fancy like it is now. I heard her talking to him. I said, I need him over here. Man's about to kill me. She called him. I heard his voice. He said, Tell him I'm tied up. Yeah. <laughs> I love head down, all this going through. You know, he just divorced. He had another wife, and all this is going through my mind. I went back there, and I said, well, he ain't doing me like that. I put my chains out of my practice clothes in my street clothes, and there's two of the guys on the team come back and said, listen, don't go out there. He's waiting on that. Don't go out there. He just got out of serving two years in prison about beating a guy to death with a pencil so pipe. Don't go out there. He's mean. He's crazy. I said, we ain't slapping me like that. Now, let me have some of you mothers with teenagers. 
You probably think that teenage boy at sunrise set him, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you he got brain damage. Yeah. Because his bodies are growing like a man and his brain ain't catching up with him. Because any smart 14 year old boy would stay in that locker room till mama or daddy come by and got him. But I didn't. I went around the back. When I was back in the day, somebody was going to fight. Big crowd had gathered out there cold. He had his shirt off. I didn't know muscles was up here standing up that big. He had them bouncing and flexing. It cold. He had all them muscles. He was telling them how he's going to rip my head off and break my arm and beat me to death and all of this. And, and uh, I finally got about 30 feet behind him. I said, hey, you looking for me? He turned around. He said, you really are stupid. Even he knew I shouldn't care. So he went to flexing and bouncing and telling me how he's going to break my arm off, all that stuff I just listened to him tell him. And for some reason, brain damage, for some reason I said, are you going to talk me to death? Are you going to beat me to death? He said, oh, I'm going to beat you to death. And I saw a look on his face change. He started at me. And I was going to drop down. You young folk Google him. I was going to drop down into my best Joe Frazier. Throw that big leaping left hook and really, I knew I couldn't do all of that. But I done stepped off in it. My knees is playing home sweet home. I wish I was at the house sitting in my mama's lap. She's a patting me on the head. Everything's going to be all right. But I'm in it now. So I dropped down in my Joe Frazier. He got close to me. I saw his right hand cranking back. I saw his left hand reaching for me. And just before he got me, I felt a hand on my shoulder. He said, step back, son. He said, whoa, wait a minute, Mr. Weaver. There was my daddy. They wore dark uniforms then. He had on black pants and a white t-shirt. He had done shed all the gun belt, the bag, the shirt. He said, whoa, Mr. Weaver, I ain't got no problem with you. My daddy said, that's my boy. And if you got a problem with yes, him, sir. you just made a problem with me. And he reached for him and he didn't have a shirt on. All you could see was the bottom of tennis shoes and his elbows as his are running up that road. Uh, my knees wasn't a knocking anymore. I wasn't a uh, Tell it, preacher. I, I standing behind my daddy. I said, yes, you better run. You don't want none of this right here. Yeah. Come on back and get some. You don't want time to die. My daddy said, that's my boy. And if you want to mess with him, you got to mess with me. Let's bow for prayer. Father, thank you for the truth of the word and the power of the Spirit. Take the feeble effort of thy servant and speak to our hearts. Do what only you can do for Jesus' sake. Pastor, you can.